0: is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation with Matt Fry.
1: Now, as I just said, one of the worst stories I've ever covered uh, in my life as a journalist was the massacre of 20 school children, five and six year old boys and girls at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut almost 10 years ago. Just an awful, awful, awful story that gets you in the pit of your stomach uh, that reduced Barack Obama to tears in the White House when he first announced it. And here we are almost 10 years later, and there have been dozens of school shootings, of course, in the intervening period. But we're here again with another shooting, another massacre in an elementary school. This one in a place called Uvalde in Texas. 19 children dead this time, 10 and 11-year-olds, two teachers dead. The grandmother of the shooter was killed before he went on his rampage, and the shooter himself was killed by a police officer. This is horribly reminiscent of what happened in Sandy Hook, where the mother of the killer was killed before he went on his rampage. This 18-year-old man He was a boy just until a few weeks ago. It was his birthday just before the shooting. This 18-year-old boy who became a man was able to buy two AR-15 rifles. Now, these are not machine guns, but they're almost like machine guns. They are semi-automatic rifles that allow the person using them to fire bullets very rapidly uh, with enormous precision uh, and force at his targets. And then imagine that these targets... A 10 or 11 year old kids girls and boys cowering terrified in their classrooms and the reaction across america has been visceral on both sides of this extraordinary debate and yet again we have to examine why why this country america has more guns than people 400 million guns in private hands in a nation of something like 320 million citizens it is easier to buy a gun than to get a beer in the state of Texas. You can't drink until you're 21, but you can buy a gun when you're 18. It is easier to get a gun than to to get a driving license in some states. I mean, this this is just ridiculous. It is a ridiculous state of affairs, and yet every time it happens, it opens up the culture wars around guns in the United States. That's what we will be examining this hour. Let's first of all listen to a couple of, you know, really kind of iconic clips of... Uh, that have played out post, post these terrible events this week. Stephen McCraw was the director for the Texas Department of Public Safety. He said that the on-scene commander during the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School made the wrong decision. Listen to this.
0: For the benefit of hindsight, where I'm sitting now, that of course it was not the right decision. It was a wrong decision, period. There's no, no excuse for that. But again, I wasn't there, but I'm just telling you, from what we know, we believe there should have been an entry at that as soon as you can. Hey, when there's an active shooter, the, the rules change. It's no longer, okay, it's no longer a barricaded subject. You don't have time. You don't worry about outer primers. And by the way, Texas embraces active shooter training, active shooter certification, and that that, doc, that doctrine requires officers. We don't care what agency you're from. You don't have to have a leader on the scene. Every officer lines up, stacks up, goes and finds where those rounds are being fired at and keeps shooting until the subject is dead.
1: The mistake that Stephen McGraw was talking about there was the fact that it took the officers 40 minutes to an hour to enter the classroom and confront the killer. He had that much time to do what he did. Now, this was the CNN's Laura Coates speaking with eight-year-old Edward Timothy and his mother about surviving the Uvalde school shooting. He described what happened, and I warn you, this is a powerful piece of audio.
2: First, the, a lady came to the the, the classroom and knocked, knocked on our doors with a purple shirt. She said, go and hide, and we turned off all the lights and went to the back of the classroom and put desk in front of us, and we were hiding. Did you know when the lady with the purple shirt came over, did you know why you were having to hide and close the door and turn off the lights? Yes, I learned that we were having a, a real drill because we've practiced a lot and I think we we say we're safe because we practice how many times had you had to practice a drill like that before well we started in kindergarten how are you feeling now I mean did you how did you sleep last night well I was sleeping with my mom and dad again because I was a little scared what are you afraid of now, Edward Timothy? Well, I have the fear of um, guns now because I'm scared someone might shoot me.
1: That is a heartbreaking piece of audio there. Edward Timothy, eight years old, who was in the Uvalde Elementary School when it was uh, attacked by this one gunman. And the fact that he referred to gun drills in kindergarten... It just begs belief. The anger that one feels when the response to this is have more guns, lock the doors. This, I mean, this school had done all the right things. They had had security guards imposed. They had done their gun drills. They knew what they were doing. And yet they were unable with all that extra protection to deal with this killer. This is what President Biden had to say in a very emotional speech uh, after the shooting. Listen. I'd hoped... When I became president, I would not have to do this again. Another massacre, Uvalde, Texas, an elementary school. Beautiful, innocent, second, third, fourth graders. <clears throat> and how many scores of little children who witnessed what happened see their friends die as if they're on a battlefield for god's sake as a nation we have to ask when in god's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby when in god's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done that was president biden uh also speaking in fact just last night was his predecessor President Donald Trump. Now, it so happens that this week in Houston, Texas, so not far away from the ma- where the massacre took place, was the annual convention of the NRA, the National Rifle Association, the the most powerful, influential, well-heeled gun lobby in America. And he spoke at this convention in favor of Second Amendment rights, the right to bear arms. It wants nothing to happen at all when it comes to gun control. Just listen to what Trump had to say the existence of evil in our world is not a reason to disarm law abiding citizens who know how to use their weapon and can protect a lot of people. The existence of evil is one of the very best reasons to arm law abiding citizens before the sun had even set on the horrible day of tragedy. We witnessed a now familiar parade of cynical politicians seeking to exploit the tears of sobbing families to increase their own power and take away our constitutional rights. Constitutional rights, the weaponization of the Second Amendment. Discuss. Well, I will do with Simon Marks. He's the LBC's Washington correspondent, and I'm really glad that he's got a very early indeed to join us now. Good morning, Simon.
0: Good seeing you, Matt. So.
1: The Second Amendment, Donald Trump, you know, as ever trying to shore up his base uh, with the National Rifle Association. Um, Has America moved on from that or is the country still fundamentally divided between, you know, I don't know, maybe equal numbers of those who want their, who cherish their guns and those who realize that this is a massive problem?
0: Oh, I don't think America's moved on from it at all. I mean, there are 55,000 NRA members in Houston this weekend for that annual meeting uh, that Donald Trump addressed. uh, And they certainly speak for gun owners... Uh, in large numbers all over the United States who absolutely hew to the idea uh, that not only is the right to bear arms uh, guaranteed by the Second Amendment to the American Constitution, but also guaranteed uh, by an element in the Bill of Rights that Donald Trump spoke about during his NRA speech last night. Uh, Look, this is as intractable a discussion in the United States today as it was ten years ago when you were in Sandy Hook and Barack Obama... uh, Uh, was weeping at the White House. We all thought when Sandy Hook occurred, uh, and remember, Uvalde is the second deadliest school shooting in America. The deadliest remains Sandy Hook in 2012. Uh, Twenty children and uh, six adults killed by the gunman there. Nineteen children and two adults killed by the gunman uh, in Uvalde. We all thought Sandy Hook was the the moment at which uh, the straw was going to break the camels back surely that was a mm. horror so significant and so atrocious that it was going to lead to change here it led to no meaningful change whatsoever and there is no indication that these tragic atrocious events in Uvalde are going to lead to meaningful change either in fact
1: when sandy hook took place the number of guns registered in private American hands was roughly the same as the number of American citizens, an astonishing 300 million. That doesn't mean that everyone has a gun, but lots of people have many guns. But 300 million guns in private hands, of that number is now 400 million, possibly more. So more guns have been bought and sold since Sandy Hook. So tell us about the politics of this, because I'm always hearing, Simon, that actually the American public is ahead of you know, its congressional representation when it comes to gun regulation. Is that true?
0: Well, the American public is ahead of the curve in the sense that the majority of people in the United States say they favour some element, some increased element of restrictions on gun sales. Uh, But, you know, that doesn't tell you very much in terms of specifics. If you look at the legislation that Republicans and Democrats can't even agree on now in Congress, it relates to those what, what to us would seem absolutely obvious basic approaches, which include universal background checks to make sure that before anyone buys a weapon anywhere in the United States, there is at least a waiting period and a background check conducted for the sale of that weapon. And secondly, these so-called red flag laws that would allow police to confiscate weapons from people that they deem pose a threat to the community. Now, neither of those would appear on the face of it to be vaguely Mm. controversial outside any Any country other than America. They can't even get that passed in Congress. And bear in mind, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, who sent a video message to that NRA meeting last night... Uh, You know, he chided Texans when he first came into office for having fallen behind the state of California. Texas had become the number two state in the country for the purchase of weaponry. And he put out a Twitter message saying, let's pick pick up the pace, Texans. And indeed, they did. So last year, Texas was the number one state in the country for the purchase of weapons. 1.6 million guns sold in Texas alone in 2021.
1: Explain to me, you know, the, the political thinking here, because this can't just be about the profits for the gun lobby. It can't be about, you know, making gun manufacturers richer. This is about weaponizing the Second Amendment, about using the Constitution of the United States against the better interests of its own citizens.
0: Yeah, it's about a perversion of the definition of freedom, isn't it, in the United States? I mean, if you look at Senator Ted Cruz, it is largely about the money. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas has received more money than any other elected representative in Congress from the National Rifle Association, $176,000 in his last election cycle alone. So the Republican Party at its core and the gun industry and the gun lobby are absolutely tied together. But this is also and if you uh, listened this week to some of the broadcasting that was going on in cities like Houston and across South Texas uh, on the right leaning uh, news radio stations there, you will hear people absolutely determined to defend what they think is their God given right, not only to own a weapon, uh, but to use it for self-defense and the argument that Ted Cruz and Donald Trump were advancing last night was that you can't take weapons away from law-abiding citizens without that having an impact and the impact they argue uh, on the country will be a rise in the murder rate because they say every year up to a million violent crimes are prevented Mm. by, uh, as they would uh, couch it, good guys with guns trying to stop bad guys with guns. And and honestly, Matt, if you listen to what Donald Trump presented last night, you and I, I'm sure, would disagree with the specifics of it. But he did present a plan to deal with this. Joe Biden has not presented the country with any plan to deal with mm. this whatsoever. For two massacres running, the country has been told, we must act, something must be done, But we don't know what the something is. Even in the Democrat stronghold of New York, the governor there is only proposing, in the light of the Buffalo Massacre, to make sure that 18-year-olds can't carry on buying assault rifles in New York. She wants to raise the age to 21. She describes that as common sense. How is it common sense for anyone to be able to walk so, into a store and buy an assault rifle regardless of age? But, but you, you can't buy
1: a beer at the age of 18 in New York, can no. you? You have to be 21. I mean, it's absurd. So, so at the moment, I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong here, but in terms of gun ownership, I think something like 65% of Republicans own guns and 35% of Democrats. So there's clearly, you know, a, a political divide here as well. But why do even Democrats... You know, Bernie Sanders from the state of Vermont, you know, very left-wing, but he won't touch gun control because of his constituency. Why won't even Democrats go there?
0: Well, it's very interesting you mentioned Bernie Sanders because this week, of course, his focus was on talking about the profits of the gun lobby rather than dwelling on his own very, very checkered record uh, when it comes to the issue of gun control. Bernie Sanders comes from the hunting and fishing state of Vermont mm. and he's got lots of voters that jealously pride their ability to go out hunting with weaponry. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, absolutely a persistent thorn in Joe Biden's side. He's a Democrat but he comes from a very conservative-leaning, Republican-leaning state. He's not on board at all for gun control. You saw Senator Chris Murphy this week of Connecticut, scene of the Sandy Hook massacre saying to members of the Senate that if necessary, he will beg them. He will get down on hands and knees in the chamber and beg them to try and find some sort of common ground on this issue, which still eludes him and the others on Capitol Hill trying to advance legislation. In a later interview, he said that he worried that America was now becoming rotten to the core. And if there's a narrative that kind of unites Democrats and Republicans after this, this ghastly event in Uvalde. On the one hand, you've got Senator Murphy talking about America becoming rotten to the core. On the other hand, you've got Donald Trump last night and Ted Cruz absolutely portraying a a very dark America. We were back to, you know, almost Donald Trump saying this American carnage must Mm. end, as he put it in his inaugural address. I mean, in the old days, American politicians like Ronald Reagan always used to aspire to be able to tell the country it's mourning in America. You've got politicians now on both sides of the aisle, telling Americans we are in the middle of a very, very dark night here and not only on the gun control issue.
1: Just finally, Simon, you know, remembering what happened on January the 6th on Capitol Hill, remembering the tribal and bitter political divisions in America. Does anyone in public worry about the fact that all those guns might not just be used in you know office blocks or at McDonald's or in the horrible school shootings, but actually by one American against another American in a kind of civil unrest gone bonkers?
0: Yeah, massively. I mean, the intelligence agencies have been warning here for a long while, and certainly in the aftermath of January the 6th, that that what they describe as domestic terrorism is a real threat to the United States. I mean, it sort of first exhibited itself in 1986 with the Oklahoma uh, City bombing, which the country viscerally assumed was a Middle East attack, a Middle East-related attack, and then, of course, discovered was a homegrown act of terrorism. But as we head towards midterm elections here, Then, of course, the presidential election in 2024, a completely polarised country. Uh, Donald Trump, even in his speech to the NRA last night, continuing to sow doubts about the sanctity of America's electoral system there is a fear here that all of those weapons can be used in a variety of ways. Uh, And as we saw on January the 6th of 2021, that was a a deadly insurrection on Capitol Hill. I mean, it was contained to some extent, uh, but it is a a grave fear here, which which leads some to wonder why, for example, hasn't Joe Biden at least uh, authorised the implementation of some kind of amnesty, Mm. a nationwide amnesty on guns. They've tried it in California. uh, To some Considerable effect. There's no suggestion from Joe Biden of anything like that. Again, he is a man without a plan.
1: Okay, and just very briefly, you've got the midterm elections coming up in November. You know, many, many congressmen seeking re election will not touch this issue with a barge ball, will they?
0: No, I mean, I think the election to watch is going to be the one for the gubernatorial uh, mansion in Texas. We saw Beto O'Rourke, uh, who's uh, the Democrat facing off against Greg Abbott there, uh, hijacking a Greg Abbott, a Greg Abbott news briefing this week and insisting that he's going to make gun control a central issue of his campaign. I mean, good luck with that. Mm. Let's see how it goes. In the rest of the country, it's going to be entirely about, uh, well, not entirely, substantially about, it's the economy stupid. It's inflation, Mm. it's high petrol plot prices, and I'm sorry, but by the time we get to November, Uvalde will have uh, drifted off into the memory, Mm. and there will have been numerous other mass shootings before then.
1: It's a horrible thought, but it's also the horrible reality. Simon Marks looking very smart there in front of the White House this morning for us. Thank you very much indeed for getting up so early.